What do AFD Bundestag members message each other about when they think no one's listening? Now we know, thanks to some awkward text leaks. Plus, another state election has happened out west, somewhat confusingly. And what do East Germans feel about Russia? Conrad reports back from Erfurt. Mahlzeit! It's Megan's Megacan time. I'm Megan. I'm here with Ex Berliner Magazine and Conrad Werner. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Uh, I'm good. Good. I'm excited you're good. It's a lovely day. Uh, we're having lovely weather in Berlin. At well, the except uh, the weekend. Yeah, it was quite was stormy a, at the yeah. weekend. And there was a tornado in Paderborn. There was a tornado in Paderborn? Yeah. It's a long Is way everyone from- okay? I don't know, but there was a tornado. There was a, I mean, it was a bit crazy. It's not often you get tornadoes in Germany, but climate change, isn't it? Yeah, I just, I mean, obviously the weather is terrifying in many ways, but it's also really nice. I've depressed you you already, even though we just talked about the weather. I know. I'm going to have to stop doing that at the beginning of every episode because I know what's coming. Anyway, we're all here. Is there anyone that we need to shout out to? Yeah, shout out to Ivy. Our new patron on Patreon. Thank you very much, Ivy. Yeah. I can't believe we have patrons. Yeah, we've got eight now. Eight? eight? People. God, that's <laughs> bound to be more than Shakespeare ever has. Mind you, he probably didn't have Patreon. Makes it no. a bit easier. If we had to go and, like, hustle <laughs> in the streets of <laughs> Tudor London, it might be a bit different. And promise to write them poems and that. Oh, be Jesus. Difficult. Yeah. But yeah. um, in, luckily we have the internet <laughs> and um, there's this website called patreon.com backslash Megan's Megacan. And if you go on there, you can give us money if you like. If you like, you can indeed. <laughs> uh, or not. You can keep listening either way. Mega? Yes, please. All right. Sun is shining. It's not a Friday. It's a Monday, but still. <laughs> So we're going to have some cocktails because it is coming in. T- you know, it's definitely drinking. It's, it's already drinking in the park season. And not all of the cocktails are created equal. But we do have a Captain Morgan Mojito or Lynchburg Lemonade. You're staring at the Lynchburg Lemonade. <laughs> is that what you want? I was looking at it already before you even had it I sort it of hide them down the back of my <laughs> chair, uh, listeners, so that they're a surprise for Conrad. But... Uh, but I already saw, I spied it. And, you want uh, it? Yes, I would. Well, that's good because I'm really excited that we got uh, Captain Morgan Mojito because mm-hmm. Monday night boozing. Monday night megas. Monday of a three-day week in Berlin. I mean, well, three-day week for teachers, but... Cheers. Cheers. That's the just the ticket. Yes, I was. I, my memory serves me correctly. And I was going to get two of these, but they only had one left in the shop. Probably... Because a Captain Morgan Mojito mega can is delicious. Really good, very summery, fresh, sweet, but not sickly. Do not bother with the Bacardi mojitos. Sorry, Bacardi, but they're shite. Why? I can't remember why we think they're just not good, from what okay. I recall. I think too sweet, they don't taste. Can, uh, yeah, but I'm very happy with my Lynchburg lemonade. It's one of my favorites. I like the citrusy mm-hmm. whiskey one. It's a good so one. It's, it's an excellent one, yeah. So. Yeah, if you're looking for some cocktails, maybe someone's having a birthday in the park and you want to bring them a gift. I always, like, if you don't know someone that well, but you, you're going to their birthday, you've got to bring a little gift. And I always think, yeah. like, two mega cans is nice. There's no better icebreaker 
than a mega there cab. There really isn't. There really isn't. <laughs> now you, that we have booze. Would you like some news? Absolutely not. But this is presumably why we're here. So let's continue. So the AFD was in the news. No! <laughs> they were, they were, it, was, it, was, it was such a big story that they, even the Guardian did it. Is German it that they've domestic decided politics. They've, they've going to change their ways. <laughs> they've had a sort of like Scrooge moment. Someone's visited them in the night and now they're like, I'm going to change. Is that it? Is that what we're dealing with? No, it was uh, uh, leaks of 40,000 WhatsApp messages from the last four and a half years. So from the, 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 the entirety of the last legislative period of the Bundestag faction, the Bundestag group of the AFD, all of their uh, messages on this one group, which was called the Quasselgruppe. Quassel? Spell that for me. Q-U-A-S-S-E-L. And what heißt dann Quassel? It means like, well, the Guardian translated it as yakking, as in chatting. Oh, they're such boomers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like chatting. It's like you know, wittering, blethering, blethering, maybe. Yeah. So uh, these, um, these. How uh, does it, that even happen? Well, probably in um, a former someone, former disgruntled former member or, of the AFD who had access to these somehow got them. They were leaked ah. to the uh, broadcasters NDR and VDR, which are public broadcasters, and they made a big documentary about it and a podcast series, so you can. Watch that, it's quite interesting. Excellent. Yeah, do you want to know some of the things they said? Croup. Oh, wow. Should we Should we <laughs> what, try and guess? I mean, I don't want to make light of the terrible things that they've presumably said, but... So what do, what do, what do you think Bundestag members of the AFD talk about when they think no one's listening? Oh, Jesus, wept. For example, on the subject of Angela Merkel. Probably not very nice things. Do they bring up 2015 constantly? They said that this rat belongs in jail. <gasps> oh, okay. Wow. We've gone a lot. We've gone a lot. I thought this would at least be sort of civil, like saying what they really thought sort of politically, because again, this is a professional. These are the people that the AFD have chosen to represent the whole party in front of the nation in the parliament. This Lovely. isn't just rank and file members. Yeah. So this rat belongs... I'm trying to think because obviously like we have like a, you know, teachers, you know, everyone's got group what's like work WhatsApps or whatever. Good God. All right. So this rat belongs in jail. Yeah, there was that. Someone said, was ist aus unserem Vaterland geworden? Oh, no. What For has become of our fatherland? Sort of a, kind of a plaintive tone. To it's that okay one. to still say the fatherland, is it? Isn't no, it's that, a bit are, weird. Are we um, done with that? Speaking of which, there was one, one person said, Es gibt die Möglichkeit eines Siegertribunals, Nürnberg 2.0. There is the potential for a victor's tribunal, Nuremberg 2.0. As in, you know, they want so to So what do, a, do they mean by Nuremberg 2.0? Do they mean justice will be served again or a time to redo it? Yeah, I guess the, the, when, when the AFD takes over, they will, they will I don't know. It, I mean, it's a kind of like... It's hard to tell. These people are just the, nuts. They will be. They'll do a Nuremberg type thing. Is it possible that these are all jokes? Sorry, I forgot <laughs> it was a Bundestag. <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> you um, think I'd learn? There was one message that said the 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 only chance that anything will happen in this country is there there is if there is an economic collapse and then 
der Funke wird über rüberspringen von Frankreich und Italien. They can't think of the far right in France and Italy as being stronger. And they were hoping that like an economic collapse in Germany would cause a kind of, well, I mean, they don't say the word revolution, but they say like the, the, the old regime would collapse when the economy collapses and the AfD will take over, I guess. But it sounds like quite um, hardcore rhetoric. The AfD leaders did respond to this, including Alice Weidel. So the Alice Weidel and other AFD politicians, Alice Weidel's the one of the, the more important, she's the co-leader. Uh, she the was the other one again, Alex Weidel and uh, Tino Tino Coppola. They uh, they were confronted with this on the on the um documentary and she said, "What group is that from?" and as if, you know, this can't be right. I would not know what's going about that. And then she, they said, "Well, it's from the Kresselgruppe." And she went, "Oh, the Kresselgruppe." That's not good, <laughs> because because <laughs> that is the Kressel Group included seventy something of the of the AFD's Bundestag members. Let me get the number right. Seventy six of the ninety two AFD MPs were on the group at some point in from two thousand seventeen to twenty twenty one. Alice Weidel wasn't in the group because she was the leader. So this was like you know this is the employees chatting amongst themselves. Yes, so their boss yes, can't. yes, yes. <laughs> we're all in some of those chats. And if you're not, the chats are above yeah. you. <laughs> and then she was like, she she said like that. Obviously, this I would like to distance myself from this rhetoric, and but I can understand the <laughs> in sentiment. public at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh um, God. So that kind of happened, and there was like, like I could go into a bit more detail about. There was all this kind of going was on. Was there about, anything sort of like out and out like racist? And when I don't want to give it. There was some, some homophobic but... stuff sure. about uh, Jens Spahn when he almost became defense minister and there were some homophobic comments about having, I mean, having, having a gay defense minister. Take a pop at Jens Spahn any day on my watch, but not for the fact that he's gay. That's appalling. Yeah. But, I mean, this is all obvious stuff. So, is there anything in there that would... Like, is there going to be any, like, consequence in this? Is there anything that, like, if I'm an AFD voter, I'm going to be like, oh, that's too far or... No, probably not. I okay. think, no. I mean, no one's going to get sacked over this, I would imagine. They'll just say, oh, it's it's locker room talk, as, as Donald Trump once said. Yeah. And probably the, the, the members, the people, or the supporters probably think it's all right, you know, because like, that's, that's the other thing, because we're going to talk in a minute about the election in North Rhine-Westphalia, where the AFD nearly dropped out of the parliament again, but they scraped through. And it looks a lot like no one is really voting for the AFD anymore. They're becoming less and less relevant in elections, in state elections, at least at the moment, at least um, while the, this war is happening. And also because they're just, they're, they're, you know, because they're often associated with Russia. Uh, a lot of their MPs were on RT along, along the, on the Russian state TV. So they're not doing very well electorally at all at the moment. They're more of a political pariah, specific, specifically in Western Germany. Mm. So all the elections this year have been in Western Germany. We had Schleswig-Holstein a week ago and North Rhine-Westphalia last Sunday. Would you like to know what happened in that election? Yeah, because we were talking before we started recording. I can't. I was like, oh, we talked about that. And you were like, no, that was a different state. So please, yes, refresh my addled 
<laughs> Heat oppressed brain. So the one was the Schleswig-Holstein's is different because it's a very small state. There's like yes, yes, less than three yes, million people live there. Yes, and Northland Westphalia. It's very odd that I've got these mixed up. Northland <laughs> <laughs> Westphalia is the massive one. Yeah, it's, it's the, the biggest. Is it? In or? terms of population, it's huge. It's the biggest in Germany. Yeah. Eighteen million people live there. That's nearly a quarter of German people. Um, one in four Germans live in Northland Westphalia. Oh, yeah. That's We've got the wild. whole of the Ruhrgebiet. That's, Ruhrgebiet is just one urban landscape. It's like one city blends into another around there. It's just huge, big in a working class industrial I area. I yeah. see. When we go on tour. Um, yeah, it's very, it's, quite, it's very densely populated. That area, Cologne, is there. And um, the CDU one again beating the, the SPD the, the, that was kind of that was quite a big deal because uh, people thought CDU SPD were neck and neck going yeah. into this because yeah. the CDU had an untested leader Hendrik Wüst who only became state premier last October mm-hmm. when um, Armin Laschet resigned people thought oh it's going to be close and uh, the SPD might win but in fact they lost and they lost by quite a lot they lost mm. by nearly nine points oh wow so CDU 37 35.7 SPD 26.7 and the Greens came third with 18.2 there's probably going to be another uh, CDU Green coalition there and uh, obviously the SPD would have been hoping because they did so well in the federal election. They mm-hmm. would be hoping to win when Westphalia back, but they mm. clearly didn't because Schultz has not been very popular. And do you think that's why? It's not really like a state thing. It's to do with the SPD Bundesweit? Yeah, because there, there, there aren't that many issues in North Rhine-Westphalia. <laughs> that's <laughs> not really true. I mean, there are... <laughs> I think that the, the Ukraine war has dominated a lot of politics in the last few weeks. Yeah. And Schultz has been quite unpopular because they've been perceived as dithering and um, not and um, kind of he comes across as a bit arrogant on TV and uh, they don't. And they also see him as not really supporting Ukraine decisively enough. They, yeah, so, and yeah, he didn't come across very well, whereas the CDU is a little bit more decisive, but they also just sort of benefited from this this weakness. The the AFD only got to 5.4%, and you need 5% to enter yeah. the parliament, so they okay. nearly they nearly dropped out altogether, and there was, um, and there's a sense that the AFD is kind of retreating to the east now, because that's the only mm. place where people are still voting for them. Okay. In, as an electoral force, yeah. So this Kvasselgruppe thing is a bit... I mean, it's entertaining for, like... It doesn't surprise me that The Guardian picked that up because it's the kind of thing that people click on and then it's, like, enjoyable for people who don't share the AFD's views to be like, oh, look at these idiots and what they've said. And they are idiots and should be called out for it, but it doesn't have any consequences, I guess. Okay, so that's Nordrhein... Nordrhein-Westfalen. Westfalen. Nordrhein-Westphalia. Sorry, we need to use the, like, Lord of the Rings terms. For we are an English <laughs> language podcast. Okay, so Schultz is not doing very well, and that might, despite his... Maybe we won't see... Have we got any more state elections coming up? That I've forgotten about, or didn't know about, or have mixed up with other ones, or have thought have already <laughs> happened? Um, no. All right. Okay, so that's it. But the SPD have sort of failed to capitalize on a state level on their chancellorship. Yeah, from here on in. That is absolutely delicious. I'll give some tasting notes while Conrad looks up what's happening. Captain Morgan, I think probably problematic figure from what I recall. Very, very nice Caribbean white rum mojito. Very fresh, lots of mint, but not like, it tastes like actual mint, not fake mint. How are you getting on there, Conrad? 
<laughs> Do I need to keep talking? Uh, Niedersachsen in October. That's it. <clears throat> Niedersachsen. That's what is that? Uh, that was, is that was the one I forgot. Is that with yeah. Leipzig or Dresden? Leipzig. No, it's neither. Though it's oh, not in the fuck east. Sake. The Sachsen. Oh, sorry. Yes. Sachsen Anhalt and Niedersachsen. Sachsen is Dresden and Leipzig. Yeah. Okay. This didn't come up in your German exam. Absolutely Which not. The, Thank the, the, the good <laughs> Lord. Thank the good Lord I got Jugendsprache. The... So I just talked about that for a while and shited on about the Abitur being unfair. You didn't just... have to You didn't have to um, distinguish the Saxons. No, no. Okay. No one should have to do that. Yeah, no, we've just got Niedersachsen left, which is the one of the biggest states in terms of surface area. Mm, yes, it is. Yeah, and it's the home. It's, always, it's like Niedersachsen, so I always kind of... But it's big. Sounds when you rubbish. find it on the map, eventually you're like, oh, I should really know what that is because it's quite large. Oh, yeah. So that's in October. Yeah, okay. I don't have to worry about that for a while. And Schultz needs to... Well, the SPD is, um, is, is, is considered like extremely strong in Niedersachsen because they have a, an old state premier there who is very popular <laughs> and they're way ahead in the polls and he's been there for years and people like him. He's called Stefan Weil. No one, no one really knows Stefan Weil. He's, he's the name, he's the state the state premier in. Uh, it's a very centrist state. It's a solid centrist state in the middle of Germany. Isn't yeah. It? Well, that's so. Good. It's the SPD in coalition with the CDU. There, uh, it's the home of Volkswagen, ah. which makes a really big. It's in uh, Volkswagen's in Wolfsburg. That is makes a big difference because Volkswagen is basically one of the most important companies in Germany. And what did you once describe the CDU as? It was the best thing I ever heard. <laughs> CDU is a political wing of Volkswagen. <laughs> the German auto industry. Because, mm-hmm. in fact, because the state part owns Volkswagen. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? So Volkswagen, um, I don't know why we got into this. I've not really, I, need, I, I should kind of check this. The state has a stake in Volkswagen, and I think the state premier of uh, Niedersachsen sits on one of the boards in Volkswagen. Whoever the state premier is, they sit on the board of the one of the like the Aufsichtsrat, not the executive board, but the supervisory board. I think they have like a say in what happens in Volkswagen. No, thank you. But that might all be a lie, and I might have to correct that next week. I Because I wasn't like prepared I mean... for this. But, yeah, <laughs> there's something something, something like that. There's some, all right. It's quite closely bound together. Like, the fate of Volkswagen and the fate of Niedersachsen are quite are intertwined. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> right, okay. okay. So if that's what that? forward to, we'll see what Scholz does to damage the reputation of his party. I mean, to take it away from Scholz as an individual... Just as someone in a new job, like it always takes ages to find your feet in a new job, like at least nine to 12 months. Hmm. And he's come in here and he's like, well, at least the pandemic, at least we've got a handle on that. And then it's like, boom, war in Europe. And he must just be like, fuck's sake. (laughs) Fuck's sake. Could I not have had what? Just give me six months. Yeah. Just to get to know different people. Just go around, you know, when you start a new job and you're like, oh, who do I go to for this? And they're like, oh, that's Diane. And then they walk off and you're like, who the fuck is Diane? <laughs> and you have to work out who Diane is and you have to work out who the people are that like know everything, you know. Do you think he's wandering around the, the chancellery going, Obviously where's, he's where's been the photocopier? Um, doesn't he? But that's fine. But it's still <laughs> a chancellery. It's a different one. They've got a different Diane. It might be something other. It might not even be called Diane. Yeah. He's like, my card doesn't work on the yeah, fax to, machine. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I haven't got Which, my login yet. He's got IT around <laughs> everything. And then he's fucking Putin kicking off. <laughs> 
Oh dear. Yeah, that's probably exactly what it's like to I be mean, Chancellor. We of like Germany. to pretend that they have different. I mean, they do, and we do hold them to a higher whatever because we all, you know, I didn't get voted by the country to do my job, thank God. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I mean, to be fair, he was finance minister for a few years. He should know a little bit about. You should going. absolutely know the ins and outs, but in terms of the IT logins and the Dianes of the world, you're, you know, you're on your own. It's a whole new ball game. It, anyway. Indeed, so okay, right. Other news. Next? Other news. Yes, please. My um, Mencan is so good. The I, I wasn't. I, this wasn't on our list, but I should mention what? it. Um, Shock. Uh, Gerhard Schröder, they want to strip him of his state privileges. Have you heard I that? I heard this. Even the CDU, did they want to take away his pension? Did I get that right? <laughs> Especially the CDU. I then, if anyone wants to strip Gerhard Schröder of anything, it would be the CDU. They hate him. Anyway. I mean, I think yeah. if you're clinging to the billions that you're making, or whatever millions from Russian gas and oil, should you also be getting a state pension? When some people can't live on their state pension, no, thank you. No, and it's also because they, as as a, and all former chancellors, also still have an office in the Bundestag, mm-hmm. I think, and they have you know like access, they have um, security, and um, they have an office staff. They have they have, they have yeah. like they have their own, yeah. they have like a secretary paid for by the state still. If you're and you know get him out, send the other staff around to Olaf, help him out a bit, just get him settled in, <laughs> <Okay>. and then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then take it from there. Take it from there. Right. So there's that. Right. What else is going on with... Well, do you want to know what I did last week? I, 100%. <laughs> always. I went to Airfoot. You know? Isn't it lovely? It's beautiful. I think it's one of the prettiest cities in Germany. It's a real delight. Yeah. We're not, like, we're not being paid for by the Airfoot tourist board. But no. we, we love it there. But I will say that obviously we've been talking quite a lot about different places in Germany today. But, um, of course, we now have the nine euro ticket. Yeah. If anyone is unaware of this, you can now get a monthly ticket, first of all, for the BVG if you're in Berlin for just nine euros. And then that's like a nine euro, that nine euro ticket will take you anywhere in Germany, not on the fast trains. No, on all the regional trains. On all the regional trains. So now might be a good time not to go to the north coast or the Ostsee. It will be full. It is already full. I really, I can only imagine the scenes. Well, they're all but gonna, other places. Yeah. yeah, we haven't talked about Zult yet, but we'll talk about Zult another time. There's okay. A, there's stuff happening in Zult. Is there? Right. Sorry. Brackets. We'll t- we'll talk about it about another time. Airport. Very nice place. I went there because uh, I was tasked by my employer to write an article about whether why it is that Eastern Europeans have a, a more sympathetic attitude. To Russia, Eastern Europeans or Eastern Germans? Eastern Germans. This okay. has started really well. <laughs> it's like Eastern not all Eastern Germans. Europeans. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah. This has started really well. Okay, Eastern Germans. Why are they? So there are this these. This is different... quite a complex one for us to be doing third after the. <laughs> Should have done this first. Okay. <laughs> I believe in you. Uh, okay, so for example, surveys from before the war started from like July 2021 found that 50% of Eastern Germans would like Germany to have closer ties with Russia compared to only 25% of Western Germans. Uh, The same survey also found out that 34% of Eastern Germans approved of economic sanctions against Russia compared to 68% of Western Germans. So quite a big difference there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the opinions on Putin were much closer together. I should make that make that point. Um, uh, only while sixty percent of Eastern Germans said that he was a dictator, some seventy two percent of Western Germans thought he was a dictator. So the opinions on Putin were much closer together, but okay. the opinions on Russia were quite far apart. Okay, and obviously this has historical reasons. Yes. Especially for people in Eastern Germany who are over 40, say, who can still remember the um, GDR. They can remember learning Russian in school. They can remember having a lot of um, uh, cultural ties. A lot of uh, They might have even met people from the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And, and they would certainly not have met anyone from the West. They would not have met very many Americans or British people yeah. or, or French yeah. people, you know, like those people. Um and so I was, I went there. So I went to a meeting of the Deutsch-Russische Freundschaftsgesellschaft. Well, it was actually a, a meeting of the Erfurt CDU who are hosting the head of the Deutsch-Russische Freundschaftsgesellschaft in Thüringen. Um, so the German-Russian Friendship Society. Friendship Society. Yeah. But is that a CDU thing or were they just sort of... No, no, that's, a, that's an independent... Okay, um, okay, little, okay. It's an independent Verein. The head of the CDU in Erfurt, he invited Dr. Kummer to come and give a little lecture about um, civil society ties and um, what we should do. And the lecture itself was very like um, apolitical. He said, like, even in. Uh, I mean, in, I don't think I think that in itself <laughs> is political, but yes. Continue. Yeah, he was sort of saying that, you know, I think it's very important because he he's traveled a lot around Russia and Ukraine and he's got friends in everywhere he's got friends in odessa he's got friends in kharkiv he's got friends all over russia and he was he kind of said like oh uh, and this guy is 68 years old so he mm. can remember the gdr and he has been chairman of this society since the mid 90s uh, when east germany was a very different place you know it was much more turmoil back in those days yeah and uh, yeah he's so and he was saying like yes i've received a few angry emails since the war started, you know, calling him a Putin Fashtier or whatever. And, um, you know, not nothing that bad. I didn't know he was saying anything bad. And then he was saying that, um, and the theme of his lecture was, oh, we should think about a time after the war, like what will happen after the war. And, um, the, the, and although he kind of generally, I mean, he's a CDU member himself. And he said that, um, I, I generally support what Olaf Scholz is doing at the moment in this, in this crisis and also what the German government is doing. I approve of, like he said, like, I think I, I think it's a good idea to send sanction Russia and to send arms to Ukraine so it can defend itself. He's not against any of that. But he also said, like, he had a, he said he was disappointed when Annalena Baerbock said that, um, raw materials imports from Russia would end forever, right? So he said like he didn't like this word forever. He felt like that was um we should we should we should be thinking about, you know, like what will happen in the future. Because he said like after all, what would have happened to Germany if um you know that the, there had been no uh no no um if we sort of shut out Germany after the Second World War what would have happened, you know? So he was like, that was kind of his argument. Yeah. Anyway, so generally his speech, you know, was, uh, I would say, like, quite um, benign. 
but on his on the website of the Deutsche Russische Freundschaftsgesellschaft, this is why the, this is why I even got in touch with him. I noticed that it was it's uh, like it's a very this is I should say this is a very small site. It's like 150 people, mm-hmm. usually like older East Germans. It's not like a, it's not like a movement or anything. It's just a small society in Thuringen, and they do but they did have a website and they did post on their website. For example, on the May the 9th, they posted the whole of Putin's speech in German and English without any comment or context. I was context. just going to say, any comment or context? <laughs> no, no, no. Are they re, 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 I don't know what you do on TikTok, but are they sharing Zelensky's videos? Exactly. That's what I asked him. I said, I noticed that you didn't put Zelensky's um, speech mm. up on your website. And he said, no, uh, we could have done. Um, that is a fair enough criticism. Uh, but uh, we didn't because... Um, we are not he said like we are we are not a news agency we are here to just um present he said i think we should present uh the the, the and the thing is what he, he his, his argument was we should put the whole of putin's speech on the website without um taking quotes out of context or whatever okay yeah so people can make up their own mind yeah but that's such a f- cop art is, I yeah. don't know about this. Conrad. And it also says on it, uh, on the website, we are. Um, it is important to present both sides of the argument. And uh, oh, the- fuck off! I'm sorry, absolutely not. Both sides of the argument. No. Uh, and the the media power of the West is spreading uh, spreads only Western power and hysteria. He said. It's, That's what it says. On oh the- no! Oh, absolutely no! No. Sorry. I do. I mean, I get his point about like after the war and what if Germany. But like the thing is, we don't remember exactly what was being said about Germany at that time. And of course, there will be a time and a place for rebuilding relationships and bridges with Russia and the Russian people and all of that. It's not for now to have these speeches. Now is not the time. It's not. No, yeah, I think you're probably like right, It's not yeah. like Russia's going to be, nor should it be for... It's a really complicated thing, I think, and a lot of people are grappling with this, like, how do you... Like, is this Putin's war? Is it, like, how like how complicit are Russian people? And obviously, it's never going to be everybody. But these are very complex questions, and you don't just sort of say, well, no, no. But do you think that that's indicative of lots of feeling in the East? Or is this sort of... A bit of a niche because right. these guys have started like they're in a little club. They got in a little club, yeah. Have their feelings about Russia, but not be in a. Yeah. So afterwards, I I spoke to um, a politics professor who works in Chemnitz in the east, and I asked him about you know what what, what attitudes he has noticed, and he's commented a lot about this, and he said like uh, until the war started, you did hear a lot of comments like um oh actually the russians are right nato is moving closer and closer to uh uh, closer to you know been closing in and um but then he said since the war began you don't hear that at all anymore amongst eastern eastern germans and he was saying that yeah and 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 then then we sort of talked about where this kind of sympathy for russia or for the, um, the the former soviet union general has come from and and it's quite interesting because there's kind of like a there's obviously they they have the shared history of communism but they also have the shared history of post-communism when there was like a lot of chaos in the 1990s in that sort of transitional period 
And there was a sense and that in, in East Germany, there was a very strong sense that they were sort of being having the Western models were just being imposed on them, you know, like the Western capitalist models were being imposed on them and they had no say in the matter. Yeah. And a lot of Russian people apparently felt yeah. sim something similar. Um, and there's a lot of like, there's still a lot of, they, they feel like there's a kind of like common experiences yeah. that and they both had. And I think I can, like, that's obviously very understandable on this idea that not just that these Western things were imposed upon them, but all of this stuff that was promised with capitalism like it didn't, you know, we've we've talked about this, I think, before, like East Germany does not enjoy the same benefits as Western Germany in terms of being like Europe's richest country and everything being all like, oh, look at Volkswagen. And no. Aren't our trains good? I mean, we're now. Like, yeah. That's not that's not the case for a lot of people in. So, and so that's understandable. But so we're now 32 years after reunification and there are still no. DAX listed German companies in based in Eastern Germany. Like there's no like you know like the DAX is like the big. The, I the do. Big, That's the, why the, I'm the, looking. That's a shock face because I understand what you're saying. Not an <laughs> incomprehensible. So the DAX is there. What like Dow? Yeah. Jones. Is it's that all it? the like, it's, it's all the big a, companies. All the big German it's, companies. It's uh, floated companies. Yeah. Publicly yes. listed. Oh God, we're, we're straying into finance again. Things with shareholders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Like so none. None of them are based in Eastern Germany at all. Whereas there are a few major economic interests. Like where? Where? If you if you lived in Eastern Germany, where would you perhaps be most likely to work? And it might be near the Nord Stream pipeline in, on the Baltic coast, mm. or it might be in Schwedt where there is a, a PCK oil refinery, which is also um, dependent on Russian trade, you know, the, on Russian oil. Yeah, yeah. So Fair Robert enough. Habeck, our economy minister, I think I heard Schwedt. someone interviewed in Schwedt. Yes, I yeah. think this was on the radio. And they were like, well, yeah, we obviously don't love the war, but we also, you know, we like need to having need jobs job. and money to fucking pay the rent. So the economic ties in Eastern Germany are also more yeah. towards the east than they are necessarily, not necessarily also towards um western Ooh. germany and western capitalism and um anyway um so that was an interesting trip and i wrote about it to airport oh the other thing about touring in in general is that they have a they have a political crisis there in the state <laughs> would you like to hear about the political crisis Turing, there's usually something going on in touring in and it's super beautiful and everyone should totally go. I went to Erfurt and then Weimar, which is really close together. You can get like the train in like 11 minutes or something. Uh, maybe that was the ECE, so you might have to take longer if you're on your nine euro ticket. But very beautiful. The home of kind of yeah, classical less... German literature. Lots of Goethe, lots of Schiller. Yeah, Martin Luther preached in the church there. And all the big lads. All the all the big lads. Bach, Bach's were parents were married and I went to past the church and it said Bach's parents were married here in this church. I, I anyway. can highly recommend but what is the crisis? So um, the two biggest parties since the last election in Turingen are Die Linke and the CDU. So obviously they can't do a coalition together. <laughs> And the natural left-wing coalition would be Die Linke, the SPD, and the Greens. But the SPD has only eight seats, and the Greens have only five seats. So they don't even have anything close it's to them. It's a whole other, yeah. like, and it's almost 
like when we are talking very uh, about the sort of political situation in in like the in the Bundestag, or whatever. It's not really relevant to discussions. I think you were saying earlier, like it's all very well for like the Bundes CDU to be like, we will never work with the AfD or Die Linke, and then in turn they're like. Well, who the fuck else are we supposed to work with? These lads have got loads of seats. We're going to have what? Yeah. We're just supposed to not talk to them. Yeah. And the AFD in the last election also got over 20% of the vote. What? So they have 19 <laughs> seats. So the, 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 the opposition in Tuingen is the CDU on 21 seats and the AFD on 19 seats. So it's like... That's a, a wild reality. So now, so the... the the Linker has the biggest um, f- faction, so they have, and they have a very popular, again, a very popular state premier. Isn't Bordeaux- that, uh, uh, wait, bad, 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 blah, 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 someone, I know this. <laughs> Bodo Ramelow. There we go. Yeah, he's been um, state premier for ages and um, he's, everyone loves him, mm-hmm. but uh, not everyone loves the Linker party, especially the CDU, who feel like the Linker Party are, you know, the uh, successors to the communist dictatorship. And a lot mm-hmm. of older people in Eastern Germany still feel that way. So um, they've ruled out doing a coalition with them. So what? So now the party, and so the, the basically the Linker is now ruling with a minority um, coalition. And what the CD then that leaves the CDU with a big decision. Either the CDU can force new elections and risk getting even fewer votes, or they can, uh, uh, or they can do. Well, they what, what they won't do is do a coalition with the AFD, which they won't do, or they um, they sort of prop up the Linker government unofficially, hmm. going from policy to policy, from law to law saying okay we'll vote for the, we'll we'll give you a few votes for this this is that's fine you know this is the, the but they're kind of doing this unofficially they're not really telling anyone they're saying like maybe we'll allow that to happen maybe we'll just we'll just sort of tacitly so it's mm. it makes it very difficult for the government because they have to figure out when they do a new law whether they can get a majority it's a bit for like it. like when Theresa May had to get like the DUP unofficially, exactly. it wasn't a coalition, but they're like, if we gave you like <laughs> yeah. a billion quid, can you? And then the poor wee DUP were like, yeah, now we're in, we'll get everything. And <laughs> yeah. then everyone remembered that they didn't give a shit about Northern Ireland when they didn't need them anymore. Yeah. I see. I mean, so it's we've a bit got of a- time for another state election between now and October. You could fit one in with two of them, yeah. I mean, yeah, we we could uh, we could do that, but that, that would be up to the CDU to do that. Really, they would have to. Um, well, I don't withdraw their support. I don't have any or strings they... to pull there, really. So, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so it's a bit of an awkward situation all around. Um, all right. Yeah. Okay. So now you know about touring and politics. Yeah. So, I feel like every time we look at Tolkien, like something mental is happening. <laughs> well, there was that time. There was that time. Um, yeah, a where of years it was all ago. people were throwing flowers around the place. Uh, yeah, there was the there was the F the FDP thing. Yeah, that they wasn't that then. Yeah, there was going to be a they were they were going to um, allow um, the AFD to rule with the like he oh yeah this was it I can't remember it exactly I can't remember exactly but yeah it was a big scandal it was and a big someone scandal threw and then, flowers at the feet of the yeah 
the linker FTP woman, guy. the linker yeah. woman threw flowers at the feet of the FTP guy because he agreed to work with the AFD on one thing, and she she had no respect for him. Well. Um, okay. Well, that's that. That's all the news. That's it. I feel like we've been on quite a journey this evening. We have, haven't you? Have you haven't finished we? your American? Ages ago. How? Oh, just... How do you do it? You must <laughs> take bigger sips than I like to savor it. Oh, I just guzzle it down. So would you recommend the Lynchburg, Jack Daniels Lynchburg Lemonade to people? Yeah. I think it's one of my favorites. Yeah, the Captain Morgan Mojito is legit delicious. Okay. Okay, well... Thank you, everyone, for for listening. Yeah. Is it too early to plug our live show? Oh, no. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing be, a live show. But it's not until July. So. It's not until July, but yeah. it's it's not just us. It's actually, it's really cool. It's a whole... It's the, the Podfest yeah. Berlin. So it's loads of really great podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I had a little gander at some of the other people... Who are there? It's at the Comedy Cafe in Neukölln, right? Is it? N- not exclusively. I don't. I. Okay. I'm not sure if that's the only venue, and I don't think there's like a, a a festa. Like there's not a set program just yet. But 16th and 17th of July. Yeah. You should do that, and you can also hopefully come and see us record a live. Yeah. Show. Yeah, we'll have to see what we're gonna do Which then. We've only done once before. Yeah. We do with, have to. With... Yeah, maybe you have some ideas what we can do. What do you want to see? <laughs> right Other in. than our faces, if you right don't in. haven't seen those before. Yeah. All right. Have a lovely week. It's weird not doing this on a Friday because, like, even yeah. if it doesn't go out on a Friday, we're usually. But I'm glad we didn't do it yesterday evening because a Sunday evening with the news, I always find it's too, it's too much. Yeah. It's that. So you've got school in the morning. Yeah. I think be. Friday evening, or you know, like a Monday. I've got Monday behind me. It's really the only time. <laughs> okay. All right, good. Well, have a lovely week. Have a lovely week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.